Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Before we start, this talk show is presented by Big Water Cabins. Big Water Cabins are located in Pillager, Minnesota, located just southeast of Brainerd, about 14 miles. No matter the season, the location of this home will always provide entertainment. Close to Brainerd, Nisswa, Gull Lake, Maddens, Craggins, Cuyuna State Park, Mount Skigull, Brainerd International Racetrack, and much, much more. The property lets you take advantage of many activities in the area, including fishing, skiing, biking, hiking, shopping, golfing, snowmobiling, and once again, much, much more. There are five total cabins sitting on four and a half acres. Only two are open until May. That means just two of the cabins being open in the wintertime. The main cabin can easily sleep 10. Cabin number two is one bedroom, queen, one bath, and has a full kitchen and living room. The saloon will be open for, the, for use during the winter months. In the saloon, there is a bar equipped with a mini fridge, pizza oven, dartboard, poker table, other games, and a smart TV. During summer months, all of the cabins are open and the property can sleep up to 20. High-speed internet, Wi-Fi, or high-speed Wi-Fi, sorry, sauna, smart TVs, dartboard, poker table, gas grill, and washer and dryer all available. The property offers privacy and fun. There's so much to do and we love hosting all groups. Whether you're looking for a family reunion, friends getaway trip, team retreat, or work party, all are welcome at Big Water Cabins. Visit airbnb.com backslash h backslash big water cabins for winter bookings and for summer, spring, fall bookings, visit airbnb.com backslash h backslash big water getaway. Let's get into the show. All right, here we go. Nice. Exciting. So, yeah, we're here today talking to Nathan Stensland. Nathan's a pretty cool cat. Nathan and I, uh, we kind of grew up in the same city, kind of doing the same things, playing sports. Kind of became friends during our landscaping job in college. Mm -hmm. And since then, Nathan has done a lot of cool things. One of them being your bike trip from, so for context, it was from yep. Alaska to where? Minneapolis, started at home. I left Maple Grove and you I biked Maple up Grove. to Anchorage, Alaska and then started back up again from Seattle. And from Seattle, I went down to Panama City, Panama. Yeah. Panama City, Panama. So you had, yeah. obviously, your passports. You were biking through borders. and. Yep, yep. It was a year and three days on the bike. Left on my 24th birthday. Came back. That was May 3rd, 2018. Came back May 16th, or May 6th, 2019. Wow. A year and three days. Yeah. It's a long time on a bike. Yeah. It was, it was a big bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely the biggest bike ride of my life. What, uh, what made you want to do it? Um, yeah, that's a good place to start. So my, my buddy, Matt, he's a guy, when I was in college, I, I valeted. So I was parking cars for a couple of nightclubs and steakhouses in downtown Minneapolis. And my first shift with this company, I worked with this guy, Matt, and Matt's 10 years older than us. 
but he was my supervisor. Cool dude. And he told me that first night about his, his bike trip that he did like five or six years prior where he spent two years on the bike. So he biked from Minneapolis over to Seattle and down to Ushuaia, Argentina, the southern tip of South America. Wow. And I was like, you know, That's far. pretty impressionable yeah. college kid, you know, 19 or 20. And I was like, you can do that you know <laughs> that's yeah, that's, like, that's possible <laughs> like you can ride your bike that far and he was like oh yeah and it's so much fun it's the best thing he's, he'd ever done in his life and so he was just like if you're interested like you should do it someday so right. that just like you know got the curiosity going and then so you know over the next couple of years that i worked with him it was just a big long story he was just telling me stories constantly you know this place that person this thing happened, that thing happened, and it was all so, so cool, and I just was like, I need to do this someday. So just a ton of build up yeah. from him telling these stories, and you're like, wow, this is just like something yep. like spoke to you, you gotta do it. Exactly, right? yeah, it just kind of like became my calling. I was like, I, I need to do this at some point, and then, you know, going through college, I was just like, what do I wanna do after I graduate? Everyone, you know, my parents, like relatives, everybody's just like, this is your time to like go do something cool. Right. You know, and why not? Time. Yeah, Plus now's the time. Three. Like you're never going to have the chance to do just whatever you want to. You're totally free. Right? Yeah. And so I took, I took the advice and I went and it totally turned into the best thing, best decision of my life. <laughs> that without is a doubt. Ass. Because how many total miles was it? Like sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand in three hundred and sixty nine days. Three hundred sixty. Three hundred seventy eight days. days. Sixty eight. Yeah, three hundred three days a year. Yeah, that's yeah. a track. Yeah, I think what's crazy is like the people always talk about like doing things, like doing these things, and like having the mental like drive to actually just go do it is like completely different. Yeah. Like, how did you? How did you like? From just an idea and then being like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to go and then go like, cause yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a big decision to just say, you know what, I'm going to go for a year and totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a series of things. I mean, I, I needed time to really prep myself mentally. So after college, I continued working that ballet job for, I guess it would be a year was it two years? It was two years. Yeah, Did you have a left... different job in supply chain a little bit after college? Nope. Nope. I stuck with valet. I'm trying to think. Why did I think you were working in no. supply chain? I don't know why. All I did was, yeah, I did valet. It was two years, actually. So we graduated May of 2016 from college. Mm -hmm. And then I left May of 2018. Okay. So it was, actually, it was two full years. So I was just putting cash away, you know, Paid off my pay off my loans. Just right. was it's like decent money too. Like the, the like, great money. Yeah, yeah, super fun. And honestly, like those guys that I worked with, they're my brothers. Like those are some good, good dudes. Really? Yeah. Everyone just had such an interesting story, and ev like every single person is just inspirational in like their own way. Mm -hmm. Everyone was a total badass. People it was were... at like an upscale restaurant, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. one? Downtown. I worked at Capitol Grill. Okay. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, Butchering the Boar. R.I.P. Butcher and the Bora. Yeah, the best that's restaurant. That was that such a good restaurant. Seriously, yeah. my favorite in downtown. Now it's been, now it's 
same concept. Now it's called the Butcher's Tale. Yep. Uh, I think it's the same, same owners. Same butcher, different owner. Okay. Um, yeah, then it was Union Rooftop Restaurant. Okay. They had a club in the basement that at the time was called Marquee. Now it's called Rev. And then it was different, like, private event centers, Nicollet Island Pavilion, Muse. There were just a handful of places. They would just contract your... Yep. Oh, and then... Okay. Yep. yep. So you, you parked some cool cars in your day. Name a car I've driven it. Lamborghini. Really? Yeah. Lambo? Isn't that cool? Lambos, Ferraris. Ferraris. Every night it was a Bentley Maserati. I mean, not every night, but, like, Majority every week. Yeah. Do the people tip pretty well? It depended. Depended, you know, you'd be surprised. You know, the the Toyota Camrys of the world, they throw tippers. they throw twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, you buy you drive the the brand new Benz or something, and it was like three four bucks. Yeah, I don't know. It no, they it, spent it, it all totally the money on their car. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And no, I'm sure there were times when really nice cars tipped you too. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I say that kind of jokingly. Like yeah, it totally depended on mm-hmm. the night. I mean, we provided awesome service. We we're Mm-hmm. By and far the best valet company. Like people loved us, and mm-hmm. we loved our customers. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, driving cool cars was an awesome perk of the job. Did you work there? What? How many days a week? Just Friday, Saturday nights? No, no. It after college, like through college, it was I think it was three, four nights a week. Sometimes more. Sometimes I go you know weeks working every day. Uh, after college, it was more like five, six, seven. Hmm. I was just grinding. as much as you could. Yeah, yeah. Stack that cash. Totally. And that's it was, exactly what he was doing. That's exactly what I was doing. And it was fun. I was hanging out with my boys every night. Yeah. You know? Afterwards, we'd go drink a beer at Rock Bottom Brewery. Nice. It was yeah. just like, that was the watering hole. Yeah. For so many people in the in the service industry, but certainly our city's ballet guys. Fun. Yeah. It was just like getting lunch back when we used to shovel rock. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> the $5 pizza in St. Michael. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we used to. Yeah, we used to shovel a lot of rock. We felt we shoveled a lot of rock and dirt together. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Kick some sod. And <laughs> a lot of sod laying. Planting plants, mulch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, were you saving money for the trip, or was that not? You know, part I, of the idea yet? I didn't really know what I was saving my money for. Mm. I, I, I did. I, I really wanted to do this trip, but I still wasn't like at the point where I was like, I'm for sure doing it. I wanted to do it, but it was scary like terrifying and so yeah i mean i i i saved up a good amount and then kind of as as time went on and it was like i i for sure need to do this trip like like it's meant to be like i can do it i i don't have much that's holding me back might as well might as well just like give it a shot i i bought a bike like a month month and a half before the trip Mm -hmm. had just kind of like gotten to this point where i was like okay I can quit my job, my car, just keep paying insurance, I'll just leave it at my parents' place. But otherwise, all my other possessions, like, I just didn't have much. Yeah. You know, I had a bed that just leave it at my parents' place, yeah. my clothes, just leave it at my parents' place. Like, yeah, quitting the job was the biggest thing. That was the only thing that, the only, like, responsibility I had. And would they have hired you back once you got back? Oh, they did. If you, oh, they did. <laughs> when I came back, yeah. they hired me right back, yeah. So it was more of, like, uh, just time of absence. Exactly. And, you know, like that company, I'm telling you, those, like the guys that own the company, the or my other coworkers, all the valets, like everyone leaves and does cool trips. Nice. Yeah. Matt left for two years and did his bike trip and came right back to a job. Right. You know, and that was just, wow. it's kind of how it works. Like once you're in, 
you're in. Like, right. Once you prove yourself, you're a good worker. You're, you know, you're cool to hang out with. Customers love you. The restaurants, like all the GMs love you. Yeah. Like they totally want you back. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, those are, I'm telling you, those are, you want, that's the best company in the world. So you want like, good employees rocks. to stick around. For yeah. Sure. That's awesome. For sure. <laughs> so yeah. So um, how much prep before you actually put your foot on the pedals and started going to Alaska? Yeah. I didn't train. I didn't like. You didn't train. No, I mean, like over the couple of years after college, I mean, I stayed right. in shape. Like, you yeah, know, I had right. a gym membership, loved biking around the city. That's how I mostly got around. Like all of us ballet guys, we, we biked. We'd okay. bike to work. We'd bike to the bar. We'd bike, you know, in our free time. That's yeah. like, that's how I cruised the city. Um, but actual like training for the tour, zero. I mean, mentally it was just getting to that point where it was like, can I do this? Yes, I can. If I do this, then I'm not pursuing my career or something for the next right. however long I'm going. Like that was that's what was weighing on me. I think that's why a lot of people don't go on trips like that. It's because like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna be then I have to you know come back and start from ground zero. I yeah, think. yeah. And the crazy thing is like I came back and I had a launching pad. Right. I had a story that sold that, yeah. that I could sell myself. You know. But yeah, at the time, I mean, it was a fork in the road. It was like, do I pursue career? I don't want to. I don't want to do ballet forever. I love it. I would consider like keeping that as like a side job forever because it is just that much fun. Mm-hmm. But like I, you know, it was a college, I just graduated college two years ago and it was like, you know, I wanted to do something with that degree, but I also really wanted to travel. And it was like, well, at this point in my life, I can travel at some other chapter point in my life. I don't know if I'm going to be able to travel like mm-hmm. this. And right. so it really just... It was tough. It was a tough decision, but the decision was kind of made like during college. Yeah. In the years prior. Dang, so, I can't believe you just got up and biked sixteen thousand miles. Yeah. I remember being I think it was it was March or April, so a month or two before I left. I was down in, in Guatemala mm-hmm. with my parents. My my sister was doing a study abroad down there, so the whole family went down to visit. And it was in a hotel there that I was just like that I broke the news. I said, I'm I'm doing it. Like awesome. I'm, I'm doing I've been talking about doing this trip for a long time. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go, but Alaska was on my mind and I broke the news to them and I had honestly like mixed reactions from everyone because it was like cool you've been wanting to do this forever, but oh god. Yeah, like, you're so actually going to leave and go bike this this far and I remember being so sad when I left, like giving my sister a big hug. We were both in tears cuz when she came back from study abroad, I was going to be gone mm. on the bike trip. And, like, I didn't know when I was going to see her next or where. So you don't even know how long. Or if. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, honestly, yeah. like, it was pretty scary. Like, <laughs> I'm biking up to Alaska. I mean, those things are like. Not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. You're right. You're I not. I was pretty terrified, honestly. Yeah. That's. Did you get caught in any storms? Storms? Yeah. Totally. Every storm. I mean. I lived outside for a year. Yeah. Right? Like, I wasn't immune to anything Mother Nature had coming for me. Like, it was just... When I left... When I left, it was start of May. But biking into the mountains, like, when you hit Colorado, or getting... You know, I was in Wyoming, just starting to work my way towards the Rockies. It was getting cold again. Mm. You know, as you start working into elevation... I mean, I remember it was first week of june i was in yellowstone national park elevation there's around nine thousand feet i think yellowstone lake Mm -hmm. and 
And for context, what's elevation in like Minnesota? Like eight hundred feet. Yeah. Yeah. So just for people who didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty low. So I gotta ask, like, when you first left, you left from your house in Maple Grove. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you like get had all your stuff ready. Yeah. And then you just like left the driveway with all your stuff, and you're like. Just went down Bass Lake I'm going Road. to Alaska, like, <laughs> right down Bass Lake Road. Literally went down yeah. Bass Lake Road. Did you see Yeah, anybody? so I had moved out of my apartment what well, must have been the last day of April. Okay. So okay. I'd, like, ended my lease. I'd, I'd quit the job. And I think I quit the job. I, I'm sure I did. Honestly, I don't remember exactly that detail. But, yeah, I went home on May 1st, and I... My first round of, like, things I had to take home, I took home in my car. My second round, I took things home with my bike that I'd purchased for the bike tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, like, on the bike, I had four panniers, right? So bags that just would hold my gear. Off so, the tires. Yep, so two in the front and two in the back. And it was my first time ever filling up the bags and everything was moving out of my apartment. So I just like brought all the last little bits and pieces of my apartment back home with me on the bike. So it was a good, good test, right? It was like 30 mile bike ride or something. I remember, gosh, this is silly. I haven't even thought of this for in a while, but I remember I made like some sort of awesome Thai rice dish or something like the night before. And so I was just like, I'd eaten that for dinner and the next day I realized I still had that in the fridge. And I was like, well, I guess this could be lunch on my bike ride home from the apartment back to my folks' place. And so I had a bunch of bungee cords. And on the back of my bike, I had my two panniers. And then in the middle is just like this platform. And I remember just like having bungee cords run through the handles of the, of the pot, you know, the cover on the pot and everything. And as I was biking, the thing was just banging. I mean right a pot with its lid on there it's just it's like a just crock pot it was like a like a like what you'd cook some noodles in okay you know yeah. just like a standard yeah. pot they'd throw yeah. throw on the stove balancing top. on bungee cords on a bike yeah exactly <laughs> and the thing was just sliding and the the cover would come off and rice would just like end up on the ground I'd be like, Dang. you know i'd turn around and try to fix it and it was like shoot i got food on my bags so i tried to eat some eat some food and then like <laughs> Put it back on there. I just didn't know how else I could travel with, like, this pot of food right. with me. You know, like, I'm not going to go one-handed. This bike, with all the gear and everything, it was 100 pounds at least. I mean, it was a ton of stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, my first little taste of touring was biking from my apartment to my parents' place, and it was kind of a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Got it out of the way early. Got it out of yeah. the way. Yeah. Then but you like, what not to bring on the trip. Yeah, don't. Don't bring yeah. pots and pans. Don't bring pots and pans. Pot <laughs> What, what was it, Thai food? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, noodles or rice or something yeah. I'd made the night before. It was just so dumb. <laughs> just didn't wash them. But yeah, so, so, so I biked back to my parents' place, and it was, so that was either May 1st or May 2nd, but I remember doing a dinner with my folks, and, and my brother and sister were there, and it was just like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave tomorrow. And like, I was still building up that mental courage, like I still have to I still have to leave, you know, and it was scary. Like, I really didn't want to. I wanted to, but I didn't want to. But it was May 2nd that I remember, like, my brother went off to school, gave him a big hug. He told me later he was bawling on his way to school. It was so sad because he knew I was leaving. Yeah, I told my folks. And, yeah, so, like, brother and sister went off to school or whatever they were doing. 
my folks went to work. And it was just me at the house, and I did, like, one last little pass through with all my gear, just like, I'm yeah, going. I'm going. I remember walking my walking my bike up the hill in the backyard, and then, like, the mail lady was, she drove up, and, like, I was standing, I was taking some pictures of my bike next to the garage, like, the mail lady was there, and it was just like, yeah, yeah. See ya. You know. <laughs> Probably won't see me for a see while. See you later, male lady. And, yeah. You're the last person I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like noon it's like noon or one o'clock or something on you know, in the afternoon. I was I was gonna I biked into Minneapolis, but on my way to Minneapolis I biked down Bass Lake Road, as you mentioned. Yeah. My dad worked at Prudential. Okay. Um, the insurance company that's right off Bass Lake Road, and so I gave him a phone call. I said, Yeah, I'm leaving, like I'm I'm next to Lord of Life. I'll be there fairly soon and so he came out of his office as did jim cook garrett's yeah. dad mm-hmm. and yeah because they worked together their entire careers mm-hmm. and like we were really close to the cook family mm-hmm. so yeah my dad and jim they left the office came out met me on the sidewalk you know <laughs> there Said, I am. see you later high yeah. five and you're off <laughs> gave a big hug took a picture and oh my gosh i kept going you know yeah. oh and then you hit 94 westbound, or? Oh, gosh. No, I cut down, like, gosh, I wish I remembered. I remember being by Medicine Lake, so I don't know if I took Zachary down to, like, Medicine Lake. Because did you plan it? Like, did you plan the whole route, or was it more like, I'm just going, no. like, north? Day West. by day. No, the the first day, like, I went from Maple Grove to Minneapolis. I stayed at my buddy Matt's house. So I mentioned Matt earlier. He's the big biker. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a send-off with Matt. So now this is May, yeah, so May 2nd, right? So I'm biking to Minneapolis. I crash at Matt's house. My buddy Call, he joined us the next morning. Oh, no, I should rewind. That night, so May 2nd. You keep talking. So May 2nd, I go to the bar, the Rock Bottom Brewery, where all the valets used to hang out, and just invited a bunch of friends. Just said, hey, I'm biking up to Alaska if you want to come say bye, like this <laughs> is the time. This is it. Yeah. And there right. was news to a lot of people. Like I didn't tell a whole lot of folks that I was doing the trip. Cause honestly I wasn't, yeah, wasn't certain I was going to be able to do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it took a, a lot to muster up, you know, the ability to just do it. Yeah. So anyways, I'm, yeah, I invited a bunch of friends, a handful of people came out. Actually, there was a pretty good showing. It was probably 20, 30 folks just wow. come by, like give some hugs, That's some awesome. words of encouragement. And then, biked back to Matt's house that night, spent the night with him. It was the next morning that Call came and joined us, and we biked like eight miles together to the, the depot, little coffee shop in Hopkins. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's right by here. Yeah. And that's where we like parted ways. Okay. Got a really awesome picture of me and Call and Matt and Chispa, Matt's little dog. She was in the burly behind his bike. And it was just like, this is where it starts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really wanted Matt to join me. He was, he was my source of inspiration for the trip. Like know? go with you the whole way or? No, just, just that first just day. a little bit. The sure. first day. First just day. like, low, yeah. I'll put me at ease and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we stopped at the union. I remember call took off. He went back to his uncle's house for something. Matt joined me for like another mile or two. Had my first accident of the trip. My first crash. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like eight miles out of Minneapolis. And just came up on an intersection where a car didn't stop. And I hit the brakes and I couldn't get my feet out of like the little pedal straps yeah. that were on there. So I just hit the deck 
so hard. And it was just like, oh my God, did I potentially like break anything? <laughs> you know? Before and I, I haven't even, even left yeah. Minneapolis really. <laughs> oh gosh, but we did a quick once over, everything was fine, I was fine. And then we laughed about it, of course. And it was right. like, oh boy, this is the first of many or something. Like, mm-hmm. this is day one. Oh God, what's day <laughs> 10, you know? Right. But no, so Matt and I, we biked for a couple miles together and then gave him a big hug and said, see you later. Wow. See you when I see you. I don't know. I don't know where or when, but like, yeah. We'll be back at some point, I think. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at some point, I'll go home. But <laughs> that's kind of started it. So mm-hmm. that was May 3rd then. That was my birthday, 24th. That is birthday. awesome. What a day to start. Birthday. What's your birthday? You've got a May birthday. June 29th. Oh, June. Okay. Yeah. I thought I remembered you were May. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. Close. Yeah. So that was the start of my 24th birthday. Nice little crash. Nice hang with the boys. And then, yeah, I was a free man. You're probably, you're probably nervous more right when you start. So you're probably more reluctant oh, yeah. or like more likely to get in an accident within your first 30 miles yeah. rather than your last yeah. 15,970. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> because you're so nervous. Totally. And I, and I was, right? Even just being the guy with the big bike, I stood out in a crowd. You so know? You're and a it was cool guy like, in the crowd, though. Yeah, but I felt weird because I'd never been that guy like yeah you know if i was telling like i had to have my it was there were so many firsts yeah Yeah. the first couple days the first couple weeks you know first couple months really like it's just learning new things constantly first 30 days like day one to day 30 where were you at after 30 days and what kind of went on in between my legs were tree trunks (laughs) and i was invincible like 30 days and it was like I could bike nonstop. I don't need to, like I don't need anything but sleep and food. Really? Wow. Like yeah. You were so you're locked feeling in. super strong. Like Wow. Yeah. Where were you sleeping? Were you tent in a tent or were you going hotels just wherever you could or <laughs> slept in a tent? Yeah? Yeah. So just you'd find like a part like a campground or would it just be like anywhere? Anywhere and everywhere. Literally. Oh yeah. It would be Mitch's backyard. It would be, you know, in in like a baseball dugout it would be really behind an abandoned building off in the woods right off the side of the highway i mean i had a couple nights where i was five feet off the highway but it was like the best thing i could find wow five feet off the highway cars yeah. just buzzing by all night yeah. yeah and some free rural stretches where like there weren't there weren't many cars because i generally wasn't like on the freeway i didn't bike the freeway i would okay, take yeah. i would take highways sure. or like you know county roads yeah, Basically, like on nine, 494, you're on... No. Right. The number of times I was on a road that was, like, 94 was... I mean, I was quite a bit, but, like, not often. Sure. Yeah. I would purposely avoid that. hmm Unless I needed to or it really made sense. Yeah. Wow. So dugouts, like... Where were you at the end of 30 days? Cool. Yeah, so that would be... You know? Yeah, first week in June, I was in Yellowstone. It's when I'd made it into the Rockies. And wow. it was, like wow, I'm at a sweet park. And there are, at that time, I was biking with another guy, a guy named Ivar. He was also biking from Minnesota up to Alaska that summer. Yeah, randomly met him on the road somewhere in South Dakota. No idea where, but it was somewhere in South Dakota. He was biking with his buddy, Gary. Ivar and Gary, like 35 years prior, had done a bike ride from... Gosh, 
I don't remember where they grew up, but let's say it was Ohio. It was something like they biked Ohio to Florida together 35 years ago when they were in college and buddies. And then they lost touch for like 35 years until Gary reached out to Ivar. Ivar reached out to Gary, one or the other. And Ivar, I think it was Ivar who was like, hey, I just retired from the army. Like, I'm now a free man. I'm looking for something challenging, something fun to do. I'm going to bike up to Alaska. He reached out to Gary on Facebook. Hey, Gary. Been like 35 years. <laughs> Any chance you'd want to join me for a bike trip? And Gary said, where and when? I'm there. That is awesome. Yeah. Flew into, I think it was, I think they began in Sturgis. Okay. Yeah. South Black Dakota. Yeah. Yep. And they biked for like 10 days together. And I caught them on the like last eight days that they biked together. Which was pretty nuts. But we were but Ivar and I had made it to Yellowstone. We dropped Gary off at some airport in Wyoming. And then Gary just went home? Gary went home. He flew home. And yep. then Ivar went the rest of the way. Ivar and I biked together in Yellowstone for like a day. Mm-hmm. And then he was like on a pretty mad mission to get to Alaska as soon as possible. And, and I you were taking more of the slower part. Like, yeah. I wanna enjoy this. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was very much just like go go go, sure. very coordinated. Like wake up, um, you know, wake up, get right in, stop for lunch quick, take a quick nap. Like military ride. style, but it was, yeah. And I don't even know, if, like, I don't know if it's fair to say military style. It was just different. Yeah, you know, everybody's got different styles on the bike. Right, sure. mine was just laid back. I'd like to make it here today. If I don't, whatever. I've got my, everything with me. <laughs> Sleeping on the side of the pitch, road somewhere. Pitch my tent elsewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I had all summer to get up to Alaska. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had different styles. And, and so we, we split up in Yellowstone. And then I went south into the Tetons, and he did a more direct route. I remember him reaching out to me when he was in Glacier National Park. So we just totally went separate directions. He was going northwest, and I was going south for the time, and... Yeah, we never we never crossed paths again. But he did text me when he made when he made it to Alaska. He got pounded. I remember he got pounded by some miserable storms. He was, I think he was stuck in snow, like freezing temperatures or just above freezing, and so it was like miserable rains. I think is what it was for a couple of weeks through oh, Canada. Man. Oh my gosh! And the dude was like, I mean, he's a monster. Right. Ex military. Dude was in great shape, you know, mid-50s, but he was a killer. And he got smoked by some bad weather, and I was really fortunate that I was a couple weeks behind him and didn't have to experience that. Did you have a heater with you? Heater? A heater? Or did you just start fires for warmth? Like if there was rain and you're outside and it's 30 degrees out? I didn't have a heater. I rarely started fires. I just kept my clothes dry. You know, so like my, my panniers, the packs where I'd pack all my gear, they were waterproof. And so I'd have a down jacket, another pair of pants, like underwear, socks, whatever, just dry in those bags. And they wouldn't be opened up unless I was, you know, inside of my tent or something. Like I always kept clothes dry. So that's super important. Yeah. But really, I mean, biking, like if you get smoked by the rain absolutely drenching wet at some point that rain's gonna stop mm-hmm. and then when you're moving that much there's so much wind that's hitting you you dry up pretty quick mm-hmm. and i was wearing honestly like i i wore crocs 
the entire trip. No, you Crocs? didn't. Yeah. You biked the entire way. 16,000 <laughs> yeah. miles in Crocs. Yeah. Shout out Crocs. Shout out Crocs. <laughs> that's, I'm you, that's they're a- awesome. Like I did, like my pedals were metal and had pretty gnarly sure. teeth on them. So I did end up with like a bunch of holes in the bottom of my Crocs as they would after, you know, dealing with moving metal pedals for as, as much was as they crocs did and socks or was it just barefoot crocs mostly just crocs but there are a couple times like if the sun was beating down on me crocs and socks okay. for sure you know yeah you were barefoot in crocs like in 16 <laughs> all, all the way to alaska yeah That's and wearing swimsuit you know just a, a swimsuit? swimsuit yeah just board shorts <laughs> you weren't wearing never... pants no I mean, I would if it was really cold, but like, I would never guess that. <laughs> yeah, Crocs I'm in a swimsuit. Like, I surprised I surprised a lot of people on the road. Like my style is super chill. Yeah, it's super chill. Kind of some Adam, like, or what's his name, Alexander Supertram style. Don't know who that is, yeah. okay. but probably Into the Wild. You've never seen that movie? The story of uh, he goes to Alaska after yeah, college, so cuts up all his credit cards. Christopher McCandless. Oh, I... Is that the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. The actor? He's in... Or, no, the actual person. Oh, but didn't he change his name to Alexander Supertram? He died of the oh. berries on the bus? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is that kind of your style? Kind of my style. That's kind of yeah. your style, yeah. I just yeah. kind of left it all behind and... Yeah. And went, but I was connected. Like, I did have my phone and... Sure. Yeah. You know, stayed in touch with... I, I chat with my folks most nights. Mm-hmm. Sent pictures all the time to buddies and just like... Yeah. I mean, I stayed connected with my people back home, which was fun. But, yeah, I mean, Crocs, swimsuit. I wore. I had a long sleeve shirt like this that I just wore the whole time. I remember throwing it away in Panama because it was disgusting, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah, I came home with, yeah, not a ton of stuff because I ended up having to just throw away all my gear. It was so gross, right? Yeah. you know? But, yeah, had a baseball hat that I wore for a long time. I remember it flew off when I was hitchhiking, Gosh, somewhere. I don't remember which country it was. Hitchhiking. I can, I can picture it. You so know? you stopped biking, put your bike on the car? And... Yeah, that happened in Central America a handful of times. Okay. Where it was just like, I was in a race to get to Panama in time for my flight home. Oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. You booked the flight, and yeah. then you had to get there? <laughs> I had to haul ass to get there. <laughs> yeah. Running through the airport. Yeah. <laughs> No, I actually did enjoy some time in Panama City before I flew home, but it was like, I was on a mission to get there by, yeah, the start of May, because I was going to be commercial fishing up in Alaska in June. Oh, so, wow. like, I wanted to make sure I had some time to actually give my body some rest before I go pounding yeah. my body up in Alaska, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's, like, that's at the end of the story. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so back was, to, like, the, the setup. You had your... You had your bike, you had your Crocs, you had your swimsuit. What were you, what was the diet? Like, what did you have for food? Like, what were you eating Good during question. all this time? Yeah, so that, that changed based on, like, which segment of the trip I was doing. But going up to Alaska, like, I was on a mission. I had, I had to beat winter. Right. You know, so winter comes early up there. I, I think I got to Anchorage around, it was the middle of August. I don't know if it was August 15th, 20th, 25th, something like that, but... By the time I left, flew back to Minnesota for a couple of weeks with my dad and brother because they came up to visit me once I made it. When I came back, I remember seeing, I mean, fall came quick. Like, there was snow the next week. And it's just like, 
I didn't want to get caught in that snow. So there was a point where it was like, I got to really haul ass to make sure I get there, get there in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was more dialed like that, like had somewhere to be at a certain point, my, and really just going through like the mountains, like there's just, there's not really huge cities everywhere. So it's kind of like, you just find the same staples at every grocery store. So for breakfast, it was always oatmeal. I do a huge pot. I mean, when you think of like a good sized bowl of oatmeal, think times four <laughs> and a bunch of peanut butter. I mean, more peanut butter than you'd think is reasonable. Like it was a lot of peanut butter. Carbs um, and protein. There you go. Yeah. Maple syrup if I had it or honey or whatever. But I would just put that stuff down. That was breakfast. Lunch was mostly I buy bread and cheese. And I put down a disgusting amount of cheese. It was just <laughs> what my body craved. Yeah. And it was fat. I was just burning fat all day. I mean, it was... I'd buy those big blocks mm-hmm. that are like five pounds or something ridiculous like wow. that. And it would last me for... What kind of cheese? Like, like not... Any whatever Fla- you flavor like. of the day, flavor, flavor of the day, of the day Nick. <laughs> Parmesan. What yeah. are you looking at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, jack. big block of pepper jack or cheddar cheese, just whatever. Usually, whatever was on sale. Like, okay. I just get like the big block of whatever's on sale. You know, I was trying to play it cheap that whole trip too. Yeah, but yeah, I just eat cheese. I mean, I had my pocket knife and I would just shave cheese and just stop and eat a pretty disgusting amount. <laughs> Throw it on bread and oh, <laughs> eat that. But, like, that sustained me. I loved that. That was good. And then at night, dinner was always pasta and red sauce. And it was simple, right? Because I had my stove, pot. I'd, I'd do my oatmeal out of the pot. I'd do the pasta out of the pot. And I'd do a pound of pasta every night. And Yum. Yum. And the body was just thriving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt so good the entire time. I never got sick. Like, honestly, the entire year I never got sick, which is pretty awesome. And I don't know if it's Your just blood's just moving every day. Yeah. Everything's just moving real. Yeah, it's just my body. Like that was serious fuel. I well, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you, I mean, just looking like thinking back to the quantity of food that was every day, it was disgusting. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I love how you say disgusting. <laughs> so you would get one of those big blocks of cheese. Like, how much cheese was this? It's blocks. like I think it's like five pounds. Five pounds of cheese. And just you'd the, eat it in a day or you no, just let that'd it sit be in like, your backpack or you had a cooler? Just let it sit in the backpack. I mean, yeah, it would get sweaty. So I was going to say, sweaty. old cheese. But like, <laughs> that can go bad pretty quick. You just got a backpack like, full of melted some cheese. Some hot cheese just mm-hmm. ready to roll. <laughs> got to have chips ready for that dip. <laughs> Easy nachos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it slices easier when it's warm. And stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but no, that, that block would last me like five days or seven days. And then it was just like time for the next one. Yeah, it just house cheese. Yeah, I still I love like cheese. love cheese. I mean, I can't eat it like that. I'd be sick now. But when you're burning calories like that on the bike, I mean, you can't have enough cheese. That wasn't enough cheese. You know, <laughs> I wish I had more. Yeah. So that was going up to Alaska. It was it was seriously oatmeal, cheese, and pasta. Um. Once I started biking the West Coast, I changed it up a bit more because there are just grocery stores everywhere. From Washington down to California, it's like every five miles there's a grocery store, so I'd mix in, you know, salads and stuff. Oh, the other thing, going up to Alaska, I, if if I found bags of spinach, 
I would buy one and I'd just shove Shit. it in. I'd just eat the whole bag because I wasn't getting enough greens. Pie style. You just Pop eat a bag of spinach. Just put it down. It was gross and I just didn't care. I was like, I need to eat this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't get sick. And so vitamins. I take a multivitamin too. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I just tried because it was like I can't get all the colors. You know, I'm not eating fruits and veggies as much right. as as much as I would like to. Different color cheeses, but yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, West Coast, change it up. Lots more salads. But I know on get your some. so you you're fisherman. Like you love fishing, right? And did you have you did you fish in all these places too? Because I've always I remember on Instagram I would see posts of like, did you eat the fish? Were you eating fit the flying yeah. and eating them right there? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. When I when I left Minnesota, I had two fishing poles with me, which I overpacked, which I learned really quick. I can't like there were so many times where I'd stop at the post office and send gear back home because it was just really? like, oh my god, why did I pack two fishing poles? Why did I pack lead weights? for my fishing gear right like put a little lead yeah lead ball on your line but i'm just like i'm literally packing lead weight and i'm climbing the mountains like this sucks you know (laughs) the lighter the bike the better yeah but yeah so fishing i remember i sent my fly fishing rod back home right away then i had just a regular like you know spinning reel set up that i fished a decent amount just here and there um if I met someone that was like fishing on the side of the road or something, go join them. I always ask them like, what are you catching and everything? Um, but like, I didn't really start catching fish and cooking fish until I was up in Canada. And good that fishing. was, it was good fishing. And I was with some cool dudes that also loved to fish. So it's kind of a good segue into like people I met on the road. Going up to Alaska was great. Like I was... Biking with Ivar and Gary for a little bit of time. I mentioned them. There's a guy named Jonas, who is an absolute unit. That guy has been, like, on the bike, on the road for, at this point, almost, I think it's 10 years now. When I met him, he was, like, eight years of just traveling. Yeah, he was sponsored and everything. He was just traveling the world on his bicycle and breaking world records left and right. That's his thing. German guy. guy. German guy. Cool guy. Yeah, he just recently this like within the last six months he finished a a trip around the world. It was the longest triathlon around the world where he was biking, running, and swimming, like around the world. Oh Except he, like for the for the ocean crossings, he I think he wanted to sail, couldn't get a sailboat. COVID really like disrupted his plans, but he ended up taking some boat across. But he swam as much as he could. He biked all of the you know bodies of land and then he ran he ran mexico he did a marathon it was 120 marathons in 120 days to get across mexico. are you kidding me he did it in 116 days because <laughs> he's just a beast no rest days zero rest days a marathon a day <clears throat> yeah yeah that yeah dude, that's insane in that a good dude, way for sure that dude's an animal yeah jonas dykeman jonas you got, does you he have look a book or anything Yep, just just penned a book. Wow. Um, he's on Instagram. He's got an awesome guy. That's inspirational. Yeah, he's cool. He speaks like six different languages fluently. Wow. Yeah, that dude is. And how did you come across him? How did you meet him? Met him in Teton National Park, the Grand Tetons. 
Uh, Where's that? Just south of Yellowstone. Okay. Yep. So I was biking into the park. I was going to go bike to this little lake that just had a beautiful view of the mountains. And I biked past this grocery store and I saw a guy sitting on a bench with a bike next to him and a little bit of gear on his bike. But like I biked past him, gave him a wave, and I turned around because I was like, he's got a little bit of gear on his bike, but he's got gear that makes me think he's touring. Like he's doing something that's longer than just a day trip. So I go back over to him, say hello. We start chatting and, you know, he's asking me where I'm going. I'm like, oh, I'm biking up to Alaska. He goes, oh, I am too. And I was like, really? And that's all, you're, that's all you've got? He had a handlebar bag, like a bag like that on his handlebar, and a seat post bag that comes up like that off of his seat. And I think that was it for gear. He had his tent, his clothes, his cooking, everything within that and that. Wow. Lightweight. Super lightweight. He, right? He's smashing world records like, yeah. and setting new world records, and that's his deal. He is as light as they come. What <laughs> a cool life. So I was chatting with him for a bit. We ended up camping together that night. So cool. I mean, we camped in a really, really killer spot. Yeah. Um, met him a couple weeks later in Idaho at some point. But he was going up to Alaska to start his trip, his world record attempt, which he smashed. It was Alaska to Argentina, the Pan American Highway. Like, oh, how fast right. did he do that? How like It was like 100 days or something. Wow. It was like three months. <coughs> the Pan American, I remember that from what's that movie? Leonardo DiCaprio. Pan movie. Am? The Pan Am. Pan Am Airlines? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Good movie. That's nice. what I think about when I think about Pan American. Sounds whatever. like one I should watch. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a mm-hmm. really good movie. Yeah, definitely watch it. I've never watched movies, but they're, I've got a growing list that only gets bigger. I've never, I don't know the last time I watched a movie, honestly. It's really? You have yeah. a lot of time when you never. retire to watch movies. Yes, exactly. True. Yeah, so I met Jonas along the way. He and I fished together. Um, I think we fished together both nights that we hung out together. Uh, and then I ended up hanging out with the Colorado boys. I met the Colorado boys. These guys were a couple days ahead of me. Yeah, they must have been a couple days ahead of me. And as I was riding, from time to time, there'd be another biker going the opposite way. Stop, pull over, say hello, chat for a little bit. Hey, seen any, any other bikers recently? Because, like, those are people I'm trying to catch. You <laughs> sure. know? I want to meet everybody on the road. And I just kept hearing about the Colorado boys. The Colorado boys. These guys are cool. They're funny. They're weird. They're goofy. Like, it was just, like, you know, every awesome adjective. Like, definitely the kind of guy that I... The kind of guys I want to go hang out with. And so... Gosh, the first time I crossed paths with them was in Banff, in Alberta. And it was the day after Canada Day, so it would be July 2nd. July 1st is Canada Day. And to experience that in Banff was really cool. Oh my gosh. Huge parade, fireworks. Yeah. That's like one of my top places I want to see is Banff. But You ever been there, Mitch? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you I went there, I snowboarded there. Did you? What? Back in college, 2014, 2015, maybe? Okay. On a snowboard trip. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. That part fun. of the world is awesome. Yeah, I bet. You were there awesome. in the summer. So the, you had yeah. the blue water and like... Gosh, the water changed colors every day. Depending on how much cloud cover there was. Like, 
the seas and everything it's just all this mineral like glacial deposits that end up in the water it's just drink it that be, stuff right there pretty much could yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> you never know not you no, never no, know no, not worth the risk yeah, that's something i didn't mess around with yeah, yeah. don't want to risk it yeah but but no beautiful part of the world from banff to jasper go up to alaska that was my favorite stretch of the whole trip going up to alaska yeah wow but like the whole the whole trip in general like that's definitely top i don't know three two just scenery two or three, just scenery just i don't know how many miles it was 300 350 something like that yeah just in the canada rockies and the road it's called the Icefields parkway it's just lined with mountains and you just follow beautiful river after beautiful river after beautiful river and there's animals everywhere i mean it was just wow stunning yeah but the colorado boys i met them right outside of banff got to ride with them for one day we camped together and then one of their mothers was flying up to visit them and so we separated for what ended up being like two weeks before we got back together at one point we were in smithers british columbia i think it is yeah, it was Smithers, British Columbia, and we ended up riding for probably two or three weeks together. After that, and that was super fun. They were big; they were big into fishing. Oh, cool! So we, yeah, to get back to fishing. So we would like during the heat of the day, usually try to find a bridge that we could go hang out underneath of, and you know we could clean up, we could fish, just hang out, take a nap, whatever. But we got into fly fishing, and. I had acquired a fly rod from a random dude from Minnesota who was retired from Ecolab, flew up to Anchorage because he had just kept this stockpile of fishing gear over all the years that he worked up in Anchorage. And he went up there with his dad to drive back to Minnesota with all of his fishing gear. Met him at some place, it was, I think it was Dee's Lake in British Columbia, just outside of a gas station. Dude asked me what I was doing. Oh, I'm biking up to Alaska. Started talking about fishing, found out he was from Minnesota, he ended up giving me a fly rod. That's so cool. And I was like, sweet. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. nice. This is a pretty, this is a cool little gift. And it turns out it was like a $25 rod from Walmart. <laughs> I, I looked it up because I broke it. Like the oh. first day, like I broke the, the tip and I was just like mortified. Like, oh, I got his email address, his phone number, all this stuff. Like I'm a, I wanted to come back home and return his fishing rod to him with a bunch of pictures of me holding fish in like different countries yeah, or whatever that's a good idea. i thought it was really cool and i was like oh my god it's a 25 dollars walmart rod <laughs> he didn't care about that yeah, he didn't care about he that he was rod. trying to get rid of it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so anyways we had two rods in because i had my my initial fishing pole that i left with and then we had the fly rod and so Check eric eric jason and i we'd do some fishing under the bridge catch different types of trout mm-hmm. flam them up eat them it was just awesome that is like the freshest it gets yeah man i mean like yeah unbelievable lake tr- or trout mainly trout bull trout i remember arctic grayling that was a really cool species wow the dorsal fin on a grayling like let's say fish is about yay big yeah it's dorsal fin is like that really it's as long as the body of the fish what color are they just gray but then they've got like red and blue and black like spots and speckles okay. just on their body see, yeah, really interesting 
Just fishing off a river and like, I would love that. That would be awesome. Catching random fish. And we didn't know what we were fishing for. Right. Right? Like, further north we go, we're just like, we don't know what's in the next body of water. But like, we'd, we'd see the fish and it'd be like, okay, let's, let's catch them. So we just like set it that's so cool you know and then wham we get them and be like sweet let's eat this you know let's see what it tastes like <laughs> hanging out, out under a bridge you know and we just like start a fire we just find some driftwood or whatever had washed up start that's a fire weird. i carried aluminum foil with me always just in case like we're catching fish and you know frying them up over a fire and we just yeah oh you're chow. just wrapping in foil wrapping in foil yep okay. so got the fish i had a play knife with me so i'd Got the fish, carried salt and pepper with me, salt yep. and pepper them, throw them on a fire and just eat them. Yeah. And have some cheese on the side. Cheese on the side. <laughs> out of my head. Yeah. Cheese on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once it melted in the backpack, you dump the cheese from the backpack. <laughs> Use the cheese juice as a little oil. Yeah, yeah you got a little thing, Ooh. a little thing on the side of the yes. backpack. To yes. Cheese dispenser. Man. Oh, so, yeah, that was... That was that was some good fishing. That was really fun. Can't beat that. Yeah, did some fly fishing in Baja, Mexico. Okay. Baja, California. This guy named Jarney. Is that like Cabo, like down towards Cabo mm-hmm. Point, or like just that little yeah peninsula? That whole peninsula is just considered Baja. Oh, Baja. Yeah. Got it. Baja in Spanish is below. It's so like Baja, California. Oh, there. That's below California. Literal translation. Also the name of the place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very complicated. Now I seem dumb. No, the more you learn. I didn't know that until he just said it. Yeah. And it totally Baja. makes sense, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, we did a little fly fishing down there. But I think that was mostly it for fishing, actually. Okay. Yeah. End of the day, like, I carried fishing gear with me. I just didn't use it a ton. Mm. I used it enough. Like, I got some cool fishing stories out of it. But I think if I was to do it again, I would probably fish more. Because really? fishing ended up being so... It was just such a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. like, I liked how you said, you never know what you're going to catch. You pop into a new lake, like, what's this? Like, that's... No idea. It's yeah. so fun. You see some... You see a shadow under a bridge, and it's like, see what it is, you know? It's great. See, yeah. So fished, fished a little bit. A good not, deal. not enough. It was, not it was... It was satisfactory, like, looking back, but... You were a like, big fisherman before. Yeah. Always been into fishing. Yes. Yeah. And... I mean, a pretty cool, like, dream come true happened during the trip. And this was down in El Salvador. I was staying at a fire station in a town called... um, Gosh, I wish I remember what it was called. It's like Zaka Tecaluca or something like that. That's a cool name. Yeah, it's a really awesome name. <laughs> yeah. I Okay, so I totally need to rewind. When I first set out on the trip, I wanted to go up to Alaska. I wanted to bike to Alaska, and I wanted to get there in time for the salmon season. I wanted to get up there, and I wanted to work on a boat. Mm-hmm. And it became very apparent very early on I was not going to make it in time because the salmon season, it starts, like people start fishing middle of june and you're pretty much off the water last week in july but at the time i didn't really know that um i was just like oh i figured salmon season was a long a long season i didn't know exactly when it started exactly when it ended but whatever so i didn't i didn't do my research but i was like 
I'm gonna try to get up there in time, and if I'm in, in time, I'm gonna jump on a salmon boat. Um, that was kind of inspired by my buddy Call. So Call's the other guy that did the the send off with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that first day on the bikes, it was Call and Matt that took me to the depot in Hopkins. And Call had been a commercial fisherman up in Alaska the previous two summers, and so when he came back home after a season, he was just like showing me pictures telling me stories and i was like that is the coolest job ever like holy cow go live on the water just catching thousands of fish getting paid big bucks i'm like yeah that's the dream and like i'd watched deadliest catch growing up and all the like discovery right. channel shows and it was like i really wanted to do that so when i first left on the bike trip i was like i want to get up to alaska in time to like jump on a salmon boat see what that's all about but yeah, again, became painfully obvious I was not going to be able to do that. Once I started biking, I would have had, I'd, I mean, it's not feasible. Unless you're Jonas Dykeman and you got that light, lightweight bike. And mm-hmm. But anyways, so it didn't work out that, that season. But I stayed in touch with Call throughout the bike trip. And, you know, I was really interested in his salmon fishing. He was really interested in bike touring. So it's like, I'd send him really cool updates. He had, you know, inspired me with the commercial fishing. And it just so happened that Call's captain that he'd fished with at least the prior season, maybe two seasons, I can't remember. But his captain had his permit pulled from him, like too many infractions on the water, something along those lines. And because of that, Call was out of a job. So he was planning on salmon fishing, but captain lost his license or got you know like suspended or something and so calls like shoot i've got to go find a new captain find a new deckhand spot on a boat so within his network up there he knew a guy named glenn and glenn ran the boat called the c2 glenn happened to have two deckhands from the prior season quit like they weren't coming back up that season so Call reaches out to Glenn, perfect timing. Glenn's like, hey, like I'm looking for a deckhand. Would love to have you join. You know, you've got a good reputation up here. People know you on the water. But like, I still have another spot to fill on my boat. And Call says, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so here I am in Zaka Tecaluca, El Salvador, <laughs> camping at the fire station. <laughs> and I've got Wi-Fi. You know, they gave me the Wi-Fi password, just saints. And so <laughs> I'm like, I'm on WhatsApp, you know, sending him. Some, he And I got a text message from him that said, grab your boots, you're coming up to Alaska. Wow. And I was like, what? So I quick call him, like, what's going on? He said, well, didn't, didn't Glenn reach out to you? I'm like, who's Glenn? Like, I don't know. No. What's what's going on? He said, oh, dude, you just got a spot on a, on a salmon boat this next summer. You want it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Wow. And so I... I get Glenn's contact info. I can't remember. Maybe I'd applied for the, I don't know. At some point in time, I like applied for the job. I don't know if it was right after that phone call or, or whatever, but I, I sent Glenn a really nice email that was just like, hey, this is who I am. This is my history. This is my you know, work experience. This is what I'm doing now. I'm on this bike trip. Like, I can I can handle a season on, on the water. Like, I'm your guy. And yeah, Glenn ended up calling me. And we chatted for a little bit, and he was like, yep, I want you. Like, I'll buy your flights. First week in June, just be ready. 
you know? And so I like, and what time was it? What, what, when did he call you? Like, was it early in the year or was it like, no, this was a couple months before. So like I was in El Salvador, so I'd already made it through Mexico, Belize, Guatemala. Then I was in El Salvador and I still had Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama before I could like fly home. Like I wanted to, I wanted to make it through Central America before I, you know, came home, right. hung up the bike for a little bit. And so, I don't know, he called me, it's probably March. Okay. Two months before or so. Maybe it was April. Honestly, I don't remember. But whatever the timing was, it was kind of like, okay, I got this job. I need to be in Panama that first week of May so I can get home, rest my body a little bit before I go jump aboard a salmon fishing vessel. So, yeah, like I took the job on the spot and it was cool. (laughs) Yeah, I really did have to haul ass. I mentioned like um, hitchhiking. Mm -hmm. There were a couple stretches where it's like, yeah, I'd be just destroying my body if I was trying to, you know, get from point A to point B Mm -hmm. on my own, like without taking a bus or, or hitching a ride or whatever. So hitched a couple of times. Sure which was necessary, yeah, and awesome. That's kind of freaky in itself, like just hopping in a car with a stranger in Mexico. Or where were you? <laughs> um, I did that. Nicaragua? Did in, I hitched in... I hitched in Belize. I hitched in Guatemala. I hitched in Nicaragua. Took a bus in Costa Rica. And biked in Panama. Yeah. So I hitched in four countries. Wow. Yeah. No issues there? No. Just so nice fun. Be- nice people. Oh, it was a blast. That's yeah. so cool. I'm still <laughs> Facebook friends with all the people that, like, you know, hitched rides with. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. People were so excited, like, just to hear stories. And, like, I could speak Spanish, which was huge, right? Because a lot of people well, are hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I took Spanish in high school yeah. and then through college to study abroad in Argentina. So that's where I, like, really learned how to speak Spanish is down there and then traveling, you know, living in Mexico and Central America on the bike trip. Like I couldn't get by with my English. So yeah, it was all Spanish and I got pretty good at speaking. I believe it. So yeah, that's crazy. Being able to like jump in someone's car and speak their language, obviously is huge. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of people I hitch that, that don't speak Spanish and that's not as fun of an experience for, for anyone. But like, yeah. Did, so did you major in Spanish? I minored in Spanish. Minored in Spanish, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're you're fluent, like to say the least. Like, yeah. I I wouldn't say fluent. I wouldn't say fluent, but like I speak really well. Sure. Yeah, or at least like people know what I'm saying. I can communicate very effectively. Mm-hmm. Is my grammar spot on? Oh no, no way. Right. But like people know what I'm talking about. I can speak with with the right accent and everything. So, yeah. Cool. Something so, I want to keep working on, but yeah, I've got a really good foundation. Well, so we were back, we were in Alaska when mm-hmm. you got there. Yeah, sorry, we were jumping all over and the place of this trip. There's so many stories there. Just, oh. We started back up in Seattle, like, at yeah. that time, but we were kind of, like, going up towards Alaska. And what at what date did you make it to Alaska, I guess? So made it to Alaska middle of August. Okay, so May, Let's just say, like, yeah. August 15th or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and my brother, they flew up to Anchorage to come hang out with me for a couple of days, which is really cool just to celebrate. Like 
I think I biked into Anchorage. And then I think it was two days later, or maybe it was the next day. The next day, yeah, my brother and, and my dad came up, got a hotel, got to like clean my clothes, take a nice shower. <laughs> you know, it was super sweet. <laughs> and, then I, and then I flew home with them for two weeks back home. Just wanted to catch up with friends, family, rest for a minute. And then I started, oh, here's your timing. Yeah, I started on the bike again September 11th, 2018. Okay. In Seattle. So I flew from Anchorage back home to Minneapolis. I flew my bike with FedEx from Anchorage to Seattle. Had a friend keep it over, like, for the two weeks that I was back home. And then I flew into Seattle, met up with my friends, family friends, old neighbors of ours, and grabbed my bike from there and continued the journey south. Gotcha. Yep. But I'll tell you, one really, really crazy concept and experience was flying back home from Alaska took me six hours. Took me like 112 days or something like that. Oh, yeah. To bike up there. Just the speed of travel compared to... Time machines. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, cars, planes. Like, I remember after that trip just thinking, you know, like I had a really, really good concept of like how far 50 miles is because like that was my day day to day it was biking you know 50 or so miles or more what more or less whatever but like yeah to jump in a plane six hours later be back at msp it was just like no way it was pop surreal two, pop in two movies get some peanuts and, <laughs> and you're back exactly <laughs> yeah it was seriously crazy I mean, that was like, it was hard. It was just like, man, so. (laughs) Could have been so much easier. (laughs) I really took the hard way. Yeah, totally took the hard way. Yeah, climbed a lot of mountains, passes. It was, it was, yeah, I mean. It was pretty serious. Yeah, biking through the mountains, pretty nuts. But. So did you gain weight? Yeah. You you gained, I'm assuming, because your legs probably were big. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I put on eight pounds. Okay. And so shredded. Yeah. Like. No fat on me, and my legs were just beefy. Right, beefy. I believe it. Yeah, were you my doing calves, like push-ups on the side of the road? I w- I did bring like I brought a um. What do you call it? Just like an elastic band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, like a resistance band. I carried that a little hand like vice grip thing or like hand grip hand gripper, and then I do yeah push-ups sit-ups. Just right on the side of the highway. <laughs> yeah, just wherever. Stop for lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a post, post-breakfast, post post-lunch, sometimes post-dinner thing. Should be able to do 20 push-ups anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? That was our motto when we were abroad. We would really? drop we, and go get 20. Just 20 push-ups randomly throughout the day if we were, you yeah. know what? Got to get the blood flowing a little bit. Totally. 20 Good push-ups. Mm-hmm. We're doing them everywhere. Yeah. Stretch it out. Places we shouldn't have been doing them. Nice. That's not true. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, dude, you're you're you have a lot of stories to tell. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you're uh, you went on a one year three hundred what do we say sixty eight days? Yeah, bike tour. This is just kind of recapping what we were just talking about. Yeah, and um, I guess I mean this is getting a little long now. We're just over an hour, so I think we do got to have a part two with you. Oh yeah, for sure. But before we cut this part one off, can you give us like one more story? 
one more story, a little icing on the cake, something for the listeners to look forward to for uh, part yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Do I leave you with a cliffhanger? Maybe yeah. if you'd like. I like that idea. <laughs> but then tell us after, after you pause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to want to ask me about animals. Animals. Mm-hmm. All right. So what, what about animals do I want to ask you about it? What kind of animals do you anticipate live in the mountains? Up in Canada, up oh. in Alaska. Oh boy, let me guess. Yeah. Moose. First one that came to mind, I was, I was, I was gonna say bobcat, or like a bobcat or something. Am I right on? Bears. Bears would be grizzlies. Um. You've so, seen them? Whoa. Oh yeah. I mean, I just like literally <laughs> seen all the animals. I, was, <laughs> I kept tally. I kept tally, and it was pretty crazy. So okay, I'll leave it at this. So. On the way up there, I saw is okay. I'll leave the going. Okay, so I I saw a bobcat. Yep, or it was a lynx. Okay, it was a lynx with like the tufts on the ears. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lynx. Um, I saw one wolf, which is pretty cool. You don't usually see wolves, no. but middle of the day, really interesting. Right outside of Jasper National Park, I saw. I think it was it was thirteen moose. It was 20 black bears and 7 grizzly bears. Jeez. And then countless elk, countless deer, fox. Sure. You know, coyotes. You name it. But, like, I got a good bear story for you. Ooh. So, for the next episode, the next time you come on, I guess we'll do the bear story. We'll start or do there. we want to do the bear story now? I like, I like keeping it. I like, let's start with a bear story. Yeah, I like That's the idea. idea of starting with a bear story, too. Good way to start too. part two. Yes. Um, <laughs> that keeps, you know what, then part two is, they're going to need part two. Then, who yeah. doesn't like a good bear yeah. story? Yeah. <laughs> How are you not going to click subscribe on this <laughs> <laughs> Power Podcast after that one? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming over for part one and hanging and talking about your trip. Oh. Honestly, I can't wait until we sit down and do this again. Yeah. Because you're telling some stellar stories, and I think Nick and I both are sitting here just, like, yeah, absorbing all this, and it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a million stories, I'm telling you. Like, we've scratched the surface. It was such a cool year, and anything and everything that could have happened, happened. And, like... Maybe it's a 10-part series. <laughs> yeah, for real. Honestly. So sum up a year, of, or more right. than a year. Like, you've done a lot of things, and, like, to sum it up in a two, it's, it's probably impossible. Right. Like, you could talk for probably days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, we've yeah. talked a lot about travel to Alaska, but mm-hmm. all of Mexico is out of this world amazing. Oh, I believe it. The, like, that was the best part of the of really? year. Mexico was outrageous. It was so awesome. I mean, Alaska, but Alaska is so unique. Like, they're just so unique. Mexico is amazing for what Mexico is. Alaska and through Canada, through the mountains, like, that whole Rocky Mountain chain was just incredible for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Two starkly different things. But, um, yeah, like every little, every country, every stretch of 100 miles just had its magic. I mean, every day on the bike, it was seriously just like so magic. So few people can say that they've seen a con- the country like that. Yeah. Like even I th- like being like breathing the air, like you drive through it, you know, you're zipping by, but like biking, you know, you, you, like, you, like you said, you're yeah. taking your time. Like it takes 
50 miles a day in a car it's like mm-hmm. you know less than an hour so. yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah, yeah an hour really breathing an in. hour's car ride was a day on the bike right yeah good day on the bike wind at your back yeah yeah it's a cool way to travel i mean it's like by and far my favorite way to travel i can't imagine something better i seriously can't biking Ooh, biking yeah great way to see see a place meet people try the food and like make some distance mm-hmm. like 60 miles in a day anywhere you are that's a long way it's like there's a, a lot way. of things in 60 oh. miles oh yeah to yeah. walk 60 miles you'd be pretty tired 20 hours of walking you know that's three days of walking mm-hmm. it's like three days of walking one day of biking or one hour in a car mm-hmm. i prefer biking <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. We're gonna have yeah. to go on some bike rides. You got a much got a good bike. I got a good bike. I, I, I know you got bike. a good bike. Yeah. Definitely got a good totally. bike. Yeah, we should totally just rip around the lakes here. Honestly, oh. we could do this. I mean, this is I maybe we're we, close. We might need a St. Louis Park. More than, like, are you in St. Louis? You're in Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis. But yeah. What if we did like a like a brain like bike up to Brainerd or bike up to uh, mm. well, I was, Duluth? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could even bike somewhere, record somewhere. Mm. You tell a couple stories, sure, and sure. then it could be kind of a little series. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We might have dude, might have ten episodes with you on it. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. I want to go camp on the side of the road and then fish on a on a bridge. That's what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're with the right guy to do that. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Right? For sure. That yeah. Sounds like a good. Time. I'll help you find a bridge. And... <laughs> yeah. Sweet. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, dude. I I think we're all excited for episode two. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be really fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Bringing sweet questions. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's so fun. Like you guys are excited about it. You guys like travel and adventure and just like the crazy. And, like this I crave is. It. Yeah, I crave it's crazy. It. Yeah, yeah, and like can totally feel your guys' energy. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to do this? We gotta like do a bike trip now at some point. <laughs> Dude, I would. You I would know, grow the beard and the hair and just yes, unplug and go. Yeah. I would. I would love it. You can yeah. do it. Bring rigs on the back. <laughs> yeah. In a burly. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. So, All right. Awesome. Sweet. I'm going to press.